We are live. So welcome back. We, I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary. Susan Chapman Hughes, just all around incredible rock star. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're back. <laughs> we are here on Navigating the Work Compass. And we have been focusing on, for the last couple of months, a lot of conversation around leaders and managers and companies and what they're doing. Uh, as we navigate through this tumultuous time. And so today we thought we would focus on you and how you can continue to manage and grow your careers despite all of the challenges. It's funny, Susan, this morning, I was leading a session with one of our corporate partners, Warburg Pincus, and we were talking about all of what is happening right now because we're in the midst of a panic, pandemic. But a lot of the challenges that we're facing now have just been overcomplicated because of the pandemic. They existed before That's right. around managing up and down and sideways and growing your career and creating those runways. So let's yeah. talk about um, some of the things that has worked well for us, some of the things that are we see working well and how we can actually navigate and grow our careers versus having them sort of be at a standstill just because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I just want to um, give some context to the discussion because the September jobs report came out. Uh, We are live. So welcome back. We, I am Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, Susan Chapman Hughes, just all around incredible rock star. Hey everybody, how are you? We're back. <laughs> we are here on Navigating the Work Compass. And we have been focusing on, for the last couple of months, a lot of conversation around leaders and managers and companies and what they're doing. Uh, as we navigate through this tumultuous time. And so today we thought we would focus on you and how you can continue to manage and grow your careers despite all of the challenges. It's funny, Susan, this morning, I was leading a session with one of our corporate partners, Warburg Pincus, and we were talking about all of what is happening right now because we're in the midst of a pandemic. But a lot of the challenges that we're facing now have just been overcomplicated because of the pandemic. They existed before That's right. around managing up and down and sideways and growing your career and creating those runways. So let's yeah. talk about um, some of the things that has worked well for us, some of the things that are we see working well and how we can actually navigate and grow our careers versus having them sort of be at a standstill just because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I just want to um, give some context to the discussion because the September jobs report came out uh, just a few days ago. Um, and the headline from Bloomberg Equality is women leaving the U.S. workforce drive the participation rate drop. Um, and in the article, it talks about the fact that the percentage of female workers over 20 who were employed or looking for work dropped to the lowest level since February. Uh, according to data from the Labor Department. And so I think there's a couple of, you know, drivers for that. Obviously, the biggest one is childcare. Uh, and also um, the fact that um, women are carrying the load, if you will. And I think also women are just tired, just to be candid. I think women have 
carried um, a, a, an outsized burden uh, during this pandemic for childcare, for work, for a lot of things. If you're a working mom, it's definitely been very challenging for you. So the data suggests that um, women are dropping out and you know that's just gonna be detrimental to us. I'm actually here at the Fortune Most Powerful Women Conference for the last couple of days and you know we talked about in several of our discussions just um you know how challenging it's going to be to have more than 41 women um as fortune 500 ceos um in the future just because of the pressures that are happening there and so this thing that we are in now which is um this going back to the office coming back going back coming out going back coming out obviously has a very detrimental challenge for women who are trying to figure this thing out. And then also the fact that a lot of companies have permanently decided that they're going to be hybrid mm -hmm. um, or permanently working from home remotely. If you layer in the things that we've heard from women over the years around challenges of building connection with leaders, gaining sponsorship, gaining mentorship, all the things that are are required in order to be able to be successful to keep growing your careers, it's only going to be exacerbated over time because of these things that are here, unless we take some of the advice and the tips that we're going to share with you today on how to think about your own career. So we'll do it from two perspectives. The first one will be for you if you are a woman, um, and I'm sure this advice will apply to a lot of the guys too, so I wouldn't want to be sexist here. Um, but if you are thinking about how are you going to navigate your career in this new environment, we're going to share some tips for you. And then we're going to share some tips for um, companies that are going to these um, uh, permanent work arrangements and things that you can do to create connection with your employees, to make sure that you're looking at top talent and creating opportunities for them and figuring out how you're making that growth path for them. So let's dig in. Let's talk about um, advice for employees, particularly women, in terms of how they're going to navigate. So you've been now um, working from this computer in Zoom <laughs> for 18, 19 months now. You're still sitting there like wondering, oh my goodness, uh, when am I going to actually see people? I've got the opportunity to see people a little bit by coming back into the office, maybe but what am I going to do? So Kate, what's your first piece of advice that you give to women under this environment? So number one is you've got to remain visible. Uh, whether you're back in an office environment, you're going to a hybrid schedule, or you are at home, you have to remain visible. In my view, how do you do that is you continue to keep your head up and you're raising your hand, even in a virtual environment, right? Your manager in particular, how you're managing up, they need to know that you're there, that you're producing results in whatever role, and that you are having impact, right? Oftentimes, we actually let our managers out of, out of, uh, out of it. We say, oh, they're too busy. They have a lot on their plate. They don't have enough time. No, like we've got to get that out of our head and actually set up, whether that's regular catch-ups, whether that's regular email updates on what you're doing, where you're at, also the solutions that you're bringing to the team and the organization and whatever you're working on. You know, you also should be having those conversations around with your manager around how they want to receive information if you haven't had those. You know, one of the things, Susan, I, I, I just told this in, in a previous um, session that I used to do. My manager, one of my managers, my prior employment, super demanding. I loved him. We had a great relationship. I got 15 minutes a month 
literally. And that was because he had a big job and I had a big job and I, but I had 15 minutes that I had to make super impactful. And so what I did was at five, the first five minutes was the priority things that I need his help on him to make a decision on new headcount, whatever that was, what were the priority things that I needed to get done that five minutes, next five minutes, my team, what were we producing our results? What were we looking for? What, where were we, what were the challenges? What were the solutions? The last five minutes, me. Yeah. All about me and advocating for myself. So I was visible. It wasn't just about the business and the results. It was also equally about me. And so if you have that 15 minutes, make it count. If you do it, an email, make it count. Those are, that's my kind of first tip. Okay. So I'm going to roll it back a little bit and I'm going to play off of what you just talked about and uh, just remind people that every company has a cadence for how they do things. So right now, my guess is a lot of companies are in their planning phase for how they're going to allocate capital what they're going to do um, for their plans for 2022. Um, where will they invest in people in resources and other things? And most importantly, what are the goals? So what are the goals for next year as they relate to your three or your five-year plan? So for you as a person trying to remain visible and trying to stay engaged in this environment, really understand what is the cadence that your company has and how do you get clarity on what will on how you will be measured against those things? And also making sure that you are exerting your own influence and power to make sure that you're getting what you need to be successful in that measurement. So let me go a little bit deeper. So if your company is allocating capital and expenses associated with how they're going to grow the plan and what the goals are, you should be able to look at the goals of your organization and clearly understand how you are going to impact those goals next forward. And that is the basis for the conversation you have with your leader, which says, okay, look, these are the things that we're going to do. Here's how me and my team, or just me as an individual contributor, are going to help actually drive success around that. The second thing that you need to do in the process is to dig in to make sure that you are getting your fair share of the resources to drive that success. Because I've seen this movie over and over again where people are like, oh yeah, we really want you to do this, that, and the other. And then when it comes down to the money, you're still sitting there going like, but are you going to give me money to invest? Well, I need people to do this. And they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Figuring it out is never a good way to do that. The other thing is, this is something that I've learned over the years, is that you know, especially if you run a big organization, sometimes people think, well, you you just have a lot of people. You can figure it out with the people you have. So making sure that the leaders are, are the people that you engage with really understand the value and how your teams engage around those resources. So understand the cadence, be clear about what your goals are, be clear about what you need to do to be successful in that. And most importantly, be clear about getting your part of the resources to make sure that you can deliver on your job. What's can your I next add, can yep. I, Yeah, let me just add one thing to that because I think absolutely, I, I love how you frame that and understanding also, you know, what is the objective, whether it's for the next quarter, the next year, the, the next two years, how you play a role, but also in order to deliver those results for the, for the company, for the firm, for the team, whatever, 
Also, what are the other components that you control but don't control, right? Is there stakeholder partner engagement that you also have to manage? Are they aware of their responsibilities and ties to that and to not only the team goals, your goals? You know, we talk so much about the what and the performance. It's also how you do it right? Are you a good partner? How are you seen by your stakeholders? How are you looked at by your peers? And so as you're thinking about that, as you're thinking about your own performance, as well as the performance of your manager, because we always want to make our manager shine, right? Directly, how does that performance also create a win-win environment? Yep. Now the third, the next piece of advice I'm going to give is directed right at you ladies, because this is something that I've seen forever. And that is the ask. Um, and so really being clear now, everything in your life has probably changed in the last 18 months. You probably have different childcare. You probably have different perspectives. You might be tired. You might need help. You might need to do different things, but you need to ask for an environment that will help you be successful. So you need to figure out what is the ask you're going to go to your leader with to say, Hey, look, I need flexibility on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I don't have childcare on those days. And I really want to be able to pick my kid up or my kid might be having some challenges and I want to be able to be there for them and support them. But here's how I want to flex my schedule. And here's how I think it could work well with the organization. If you don't ask, it's very unlikely that you will get. So figure out what is your ask. What do you need in order to be successful? And are you really being honest and truthful with yourself? Because I think that sometimes, you know, you people are sitting there and they but are also in order, um, you know, not really thinking about the fact that things have changed, what they need is different. And so you're asking based on what you needed before versus what you need right now. And so really think about what is your ask? What do you need to bring to the table? And who do you need help from? Because it isn't always just the leader that you're working for. Sometimes you need help from other parts of the organization. And there are also sometimes where there are resources that your company is bringing to the table or that are available to you that you just don't even bother to engage to ask for. So by show of hands, I know people are watching this live. Some people are going to watch this later. But ask yourself in your head, like, do you even know what your company, if, if your company has an EAP plan? Do you even know if your company provides resources to help supplement the things that might be important in your life? So if you have decided you want to have a baby and you need help with IVF, a lot of companies today are providing support and resources for that but it comes with some check boxes and some things. And so have you done the homework to figure that out? Do you need elder care? Um, if you need elder care in order to help support you to be successful in your job, have you figured out what are the resources around you that you can ask for and how do you do that? So figure out whatever it is your ask is and make sure you put it together. And it could be, Susan, it could be, depending on where you're at, 
in your career path and, and what your role is and where, again, are you a new into the organization? If I'm new into an organization and I've joined in the Zoom world, hey, can you help me out with making some new connections, right? Who do I need to know at this organization? That's my ask, right? How do I get things done effectively and efficiently? Um, I'm looking for a mentor, right? Do you have any suggestions where it's not your direct manager, but someone else in their network that could act as some kind of mentor? I'm looking for additional sponsorship, right? I'm looking for expansion of my role. What else could I be doing? Because- Depending on where you're at and your capacity as well, and we all have different situations, both at work and at home, some of that could be just boiled down to, I'm looking for a bigger role. I'm looking for real clarity, Susan, around what's the next point on my path. And by the way, it could just be, I need more money, Right. right? I deserve more money. This is why this is what I produce. You know, one of the really cool things I just, I just met someone um, who's new to Luminary. She, she works at Facebook and she said everything that they do from a results standpoint is around impact. So if I've done X, what is the impact? What is the why that I've delivered? And if we think in that terminology, when you talk to your manager, I've done X, this is, I need Y, not just around numbers, right? this is the impact, like this is the impact that I will drive or I've had. And so as you think about whether it's your performance, the overall contribution to your team, if getting flex hours is going to make you more productive, that's your ask. Yes. As you talk about this, it actually brings up something that I think is really critical because, um, you know, navigating the work compass and figuring out how you grow your career is all about really understanding the political power in the matrix of the organization in which you work. Mm-hmm. And I find for so many women and just a lot of other people, they just have no idea what that is. They don't know how to navigate it. They don't understand. So I'm going to give you a tactic now that I think everybody should do. And it's called the power matrix. So I want you to actually like write down Who do you actually think holds the decision-making power in your organization? Make a matrix, put you in the center, and then put the people, put your leader, your boss, you know, your leader's leader, CEO, whoever that is. And how did make sure you understand and write down how decisions get made and who has the power in the decision-making matrix? Because... That will help you every time when you need to make the ask, when you want more money, when you want to, it'll help you understand timing of like when to go ask and when the, you know, you hear this thing where you say, oh, can you read the tea leaves? Can you figure that out? And um, a lot of people have no idea how to do that. So make the relationship matrix, the power matrix, really make sure that you study it and also listen to, put your ears on the ground, get your one friend in HR, your one friend in finance, make sure you know how decisions are being made around allocation of capital, around decisions for promotions. Those kinds of people in your village will help you build out that power matrix. And that will help you navigate. Because for a lot of women right now, you're finding yourselves in a situation where you're either new to a job, because a lot of women are like transitioning, mm-hmm. or you might have new leaders, or you're coming back from this and you're not feeling like, oh my goodness, they're really thinking about me. 
from a talent perspective, what's happening. And so doing that work will help lay the foundation for how you make the ask, for understanding where you fit in the talent matrix, and most importantly, to figure out whether or not the company values you, right? Because I think that's also something that a lot of people, um, you know, come to work with this misnomer that I'm just going to come and put my head down and work. But at the end of the day, you really got to understand whether or not your company and especially your your boss, your leader, values what you bring to the table. Because if they don't value you, then you're going to be beating your head up against the wall for a very long time. And so really being clear about having direct conversations with them, not adversarial, but like really, I want to I want to know how you perceive the work that I do. I want to know um, how you perceive the value that I bring to the table. And then understand who is also going to be in the conversation around talent. Because for most big companies, especially, there is like a whole process of talent management where your leader and their peers get around the table and talk about you. Absolutely. So what are the relationships that you have with those people that sit around the table and how do they view you and the value that you bring to the table? And it will just give you so much information around how you need to navigate and just recognize that that does change over time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, you like the power matrix. One of the things that I say is social capital, right? Political equity, who in the company, small, medium and large are part of that fabric, right? And where do you sit in that? How much social capital, political equity do you have? A lot of times, as you know, Susan, when you make a jump to a different company, you're like, wait, I built up all that equity, political, yeah. and now I've got to do it again. So who in, the, who in the organization? And by the way, it's not just those above you. It's those below you and it's yeah. those to the side, right? It's everyone and your network. And when I say network, I don't mean networking. I mean who, Susan, to your point, in that network internally, can you tap into? Can you ask those real tough questions? Can yep. you find out more? Not the water cooler conversation, those real conversations where you can glean information. Um, and again, not just about you, but about the company, what's happening, where, you know, from a, from a strategic standpoint. So social capital and your network internally is equally as important and it cannot be underestimated how powerful that is, whether it's year end, whether yes. it's comp discussion, whether it's just looking at role promotions and where do you fit in on that radar? Yep. And so just one. Um, so we've been talking a lot about employees and um, women in particular. So now let's switch to the employers and things that they need to be doing. Um, we're, we're running short on time, but I think there are a couple of really critical things that um, we should just talk about. And we're going to continue this conversation with um, a couple of our special guests because a few of our guests want to come back, which I think is awesome, uh, and talk more. And then we have other guests who are coming. But um, I, I do think that a lot of companies really, a lot of leaders in companies today don't really understand the culture mm-hmm. of what's happen- what's really happening in their company, right? Really? I mean, there's this um, thing that happens when you get to be more senior, because I've seen this happen over and over again, having been at several companies and also having run real estate, which just gives you an open window to the soul for people of who they really are. But um, this thing that happens where they just completely become disconnected from regular people in their organization, like they just and they get into this like group talk 
um, around things and it's based on their experiences and their bias. And then they wonder when they roll out policies and, and things having not really listened and been truly empathetic that people are like rolling their eyes going like, yeah, whatever. And then they start to vote with their feet. Right. So I think the first thing is for leaders is you need to be on a listening tour right now. You need to be talking to the women in your organization, particularly. You need to be figuring out how they feel. You need to be talking to people who have left your organization to figure out why they left. So if you don't have a robust exit interview um, scenario where people will tell you the truth, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity to improve. And you need to just be doing a good cultural analysis. And what tends to happen is a lot of companies tend to only use their employee survey that happens one time a year in one specific time period to figure out how that's going to drive employee engagement and employee interaction for the rest of the year. And I just think that's a mistake. You have to figure out how you have listening channels way earlier and way often than you do today. And you really need to be very clear. So um, uh, I've said this a million times and I'll say it one more time. If you really think you're an empathetic leader and you look at your calendar and you realize that the only people that you're spending your time with, especially your social time, is with people who are just like you, you are not an empathetic leader. You might be well-meaning, and you might be thoughtful, but you are not empathetic. So you've got it to do, leaders, and I'm talking to all of you, whether you're a CEO or whoever, is to get out there and start to really connect with people who are different than you. I think you're going to find, you're going to learn some surprising things that you probably didn't know that the organization might be talking about already, but they're not talking to you. Because also remember, the more senior you get, the more people put you on a pedestal and are unwilling to tell you the straight shot. So you have to earn your way back to the ground, not just once a year, not twice a year, but every day. You have to figure out how are you gonna connect with people, the most junior people in your organization every day. And true empathetic leaders really get that and they can figure that out. Yeah, I'll add to that. I, I think this is so important around, it doesn't matter the size of your company or the team you manage. Feedback is so critical, right? Uh, with 360 degree feedback, right? And I know a lot of companies utilize this tool and it's very formalized. But when you sit in a conversation with, your, with an employee or any member of your team, stakeholder, peer, whatever, ask for feedback in addition to what's going on in their life. What's working for them? in the way you're managing them, what's working for them, things that you could do better. And by the way, be open to accepting that feedback. There are never, it's never good when you go into a conversation, Susan, and your manager's like, you're amazing. You're a rock star. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. You yeah. get no feedback. So you, yeah, can't, you can't do anything with that. So it's equally as important as a manager to ask for that feedback from your teams, from your stakeholders and peers, because that's the way you get better as a leader. You then yeah. listen to that feedback and take action. It's not always going to be great, but you have to remember that this is truly 360 and we become a win-win. Yes. So um, the last tip that I'm going to share with companies, and again, we're going to continue this conversation again and with employers, is like really do an assessment as to how flexible you really are. 
because I think that a lot of companies think that they are very flexible and they have instituted flexibility policies. But when you get right down to it, the culture does not support those changes. And the culture really honestly is not flexible because it's really hard to change the way an organization operates. I mean, change management would tell you that real change takes at least five years for it to really take hold. And so you think about the amount of work that you have to do in order to make that happen. So I'm gonna give you one specific use case um, for you to push yourself on. We've just talked about at the beginning of the show, the number of women who have left the workforce and some of the reasons why they have left the workforce. So it's gonna require you to get really radical and it's gonna require you to get really flexible around how you think about it. Now, um, I heard one CEO talk um, earlier today or CFO talk earlier today about how a woman on her team uh, wanted to leave the workforce to go take care of her kids and to be supportive of what they were doing. And she was really great for the team. And they were like, oh my God, we don't wanna lose her. So they allowed her to go part-time um, for um, and work from home for, four or five, six, seven years until her kids got a little bit older. And then they decided, okay, at that point in time, she was ready to come back. And she talked about how much um, support she had felt from the organization, how she felt invested in, and how she felt like the company really understood what her needs were. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to really create flexible policies. And I've, I've seen companies, and I look, I was part of helping shape a policy around maternal leave, maternity leave and paternity leave and making it actually like really useful. But the problem is, is when you came back and you started talking about performance for the year, everybody was like, oh, well, she's been gone for six months. So we really can't give her a, you know, accelerate and a, you know, a one, one in her evaluation, because, you know, at the end of the day, when everybody knows good and well, like you can't do that when, because yeah. that automatically takes people off of their track of performance and acceleration, and especially if new leaders come in. So you're going to have to get very flexible and you have to get creative and you're going to have to take some risk on how you think about managing talent in your organization if you want to retain good talent and not have them turn over. Susan, we have so much more to delve into on this topic. I think this is actually the topic for next week is a continuation of this conversation. There have been some great comments in the chat and just overall, this is something that I'm hearing about every day at Luminary with our own members, with our companies, with employees. And so to be continued for next Wednesday, um, we will see you then same time, same channel, tell your friends, share. And remember, while this is a live conversation, you can watch us at any time. Um, please stay safe, stay healthy. It's not just about you. It's about everybody around you. And we will see you next Wednesday. Yes, indeed. Take Bye. care. Have a great one.